Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to another episode of Bobcast. With you, as always, is Bob, live in the lounge, staring at the Ouija board. Tonight's guest I've known for 300, 400 years, maybe. If there's some, a party that I'm about to throw, if there's a, you know, like a rooftop concert you know, that I want to plan, I want to get a DJ up there on the ones and twos, I'm going to call this guy, you know? And coincidentally, when I was about to be a dad for the first time, I was working this job at Whole Foods, and I was just a mess, man. It was like my wife's eighth or ninth month of pregnancy, and I was scared shitless. And he's a dad, and I, I sought his advice, and I never forget it. He just told me, he's like, look, man, you know, it'll take some getting used to, but things will go back to the way that they used to be, but they're going to be for the better, and you're going to be a great dad. And I never forgot that, and I'm totally stoked that he's here in the lounge tonight. You can check him out. April 13th, Worship Recordings presents The Shakedown Meets the Jungle Room at the Barbary with Rob Payne, William Armin, Illy MC, Carl K., Joey, I'm going to say, Breakdown, and tonight's guest, Art Venega. How are you, sir? I'm great, man. That That's a really cool story. I um. I know that a lot of people have uh, have come up to me and said, "Oh, you know, you 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 said you said these things to me, you know, like it was it was really inspiring, and you know, I'll never forget it." And I had no recollection. You know, that happens to me too, and I just roll with it. You know what I mean? Right. But yeah, like at that point in my life, I was just like, I was a mess because I was so scared. I had no idea. Like when you when you're about to be a dad for the first time, there's no preparation. There's no book. There's nothing that you can do to prepare yourself per se to what's going to happen you just got to roll with it but you did give me a peace of mind that night right i mean it, it like th- there you're right there are no books there's no book i mean there's books on like you. how to like you know lactate and you know stuff like that but like by nature's principles you really just got to meet your son or daughter for the first time and you know they come with an instruction booklet you know mm-hmm. you can't pick that up and read it you just experience it but you just experience it and it becomes like this like organic process sometimes it's hard sometimes it's easy what was your experience was it easy it was a roller coaster. We had some problems in the beginning. Um, so yeah, we like my, my my daughter had uh, some problems uh, drinking. You know, mm-hmm. so we had to put her on a feeding tube for God, maybe for like seven months. Yeah, so you know what was, I do remember that. Yeah, yeah, I told you about that. That must have been tough. Yeah, yeah, it, it was it was really tough. Probably the toughest thing I've ever gone through in my life. But we got through it. Um, it's like a total blur. You know. Mm-hmm. I, can hardly remember it. Yeah. Kind of don't want to remember it. No, no, you don't have PTSD. to. <laughs> you got PTSD. There's some, there's some medical advice you can yeah, seek. Right. <laughs> so, um, you know, like I was saying too, like, uh, you know, as far as Art Cubic goes, like, you know, being a DJ and stuff like that, I guess like the most pertinent question would be, what was the moment in your life where you realized I need to get two techniques, I need to get myself a needle, and I need to become a DJ? So, um, God, it was probably back in the... Uh, when was this? Maybe the late '80s, early '90s, and uh, my friend Ben, I consider him like my cousin slash mm-hmm. brother, and I've known him all my life. He had just gotten a couple turntables and uh, a mixer, and uh, he was going down the city um, to uh, some record store there, there sound the market, uh, Funko Mart. Oh so, my God, I forgot about Funko Mart. <laughs> yeah, right, yeah, right, right, right. Yeah. So. Um, you know, so he, he used to go down there and pick up hip hop records and he'd bring them back and you know, I would come over and I'd, uh, you know, I'd play around them. I'm like, yo, that, this is this is great. So, mm-hmm. you know, we ended up going back, going downtown uh, together and we take the, uh, what bus is that on? That's the 27 bus. The 27 bus. You take Never the 20, forget it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Every weekend, the 27 bus. I remember being so confused when the 27 would take you through New Roxbury, but like, I got no idea where I am. Right. It was I Andal- think I'm going to Philly. Yeah. You know? <laughs> and I remember so many times taking that bus, getting picked up uh, on Ridge there, the mobile, yeah. sometimes with Drew in the end, stuff like that. But yeah, becoming a DJ, it's 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 it, it, in the 90s. Let's just put this out there. Okay, anybody can become a DJ now. This computer that's in front of me, it's recording this mm-hmm. podcast. You can get a computer program right now that's going to make you sound like you've been, you know, DJing every single festival, yep. you know, on the market. But true art of actually spinning records vinyl 
you know, um, I'm actually really excited that it came back into the mainstream maybe four or five years ago. You know, you start seeing more record store day, like, you know, events and people start, you know, paying more attention to records, like as if they had gone off the planet for a while. But to actually spin as a DJ with records takes time and, you know, precision. How did you find your way with like your practice routine? Like, what would you do? Would you come home from school and just do it? Yeah, you know, I just uh, so so when we were, when we went down to the city, there was uh, this store. I think it's actually still there. It's on Market Street called Sound of Mar- not Sound of Market. It's uh, Stereo Sound, and um, uh, this Filipino guy and his uh, son owned it. And there was this other dude. He would, um, and they had like uh, turntables and uh, speakers and stuff like that. And he would be in there cutting it up, man, like seriously cutting it up. Totally un- unassuming guy. You wouldn't even think that mm-hmm. he would have that in him. But, you know, like watching him, I was like, oh, I want to do that. So, you know, we would just, you know, me, me and my friend Ben would just like, you know, hang out at his place and or my place. We just practice uh, cutting, scratching and whatnot. Do you um, remember like the first time that you got that, you know, breakdown, right? The first time where you made a mix where you're like, oh, that's the right spot. Oh, man. Well... I don't know. It's like I have those. So I have two lives in terms of DJing. So I had my hip hop life, which is mm-hmm. back in the nineties when I first started started off. That was kind of rocky. You know, I never truly got my my groove. I never got to play out. Um, where I really found my groove is when I started playing uh, jungle and drum mm-hmm. and bass. Um, you know, I listen- remember you were actually one of the the first. To ever send me, you know, an invitation for a subscription service to the Let Me Ride podcast. Oh, right? yeah. <laughs> is that correct? Is it? Yeah, Let Me Ride LMR, podcast. Right? Yeah. I remember seeing it and being like, what the hell is a podcast, dude? <laughs> what the hell is this? How do I do this art? Right. But then I used to download it because you would email it each month. And this is like, how many years ago was that? This was 2005, probably. This is the beginning of the iPod, basically. Like, you know, even before maybe, but... I do remember that, and I remember like listening to all those tracks. Like I remember one time in particular um, at Valley Green, I was listening to a Let Me Ride podcast. But Jungle, um, you know, I I miss Jungle music. You know, like I miss. I know it's still prevalent, but I mean, like in the mid '90s, I mean that that Diesel Boy mixtape was, and I just tagged you yesterday. I had no idea there was a new album coming out. Yeah, you remember the one though that I'm talking about that Diesel Boy. There's mid- a couple of them. Like, there's, there's a, a 19, Supreme, Supreme yeah. '95. That's it, Supreme '95. That, East, that was just amazing. Yeah, there was the East Coast Science Two, which still to this day I use as a blueprint uh, for my mixes because it's mixed so cinematically. Like it just mm-hmm. starts off slow, then gradually comes to a peak and it comes back down. You know, I've never even seen what Diesel Boy looks like. Isn't that crazy? Oh, really? (laughs) No. That's the thing, too, about the mid-90s, you know, or even just the 90s in general. I mean, if you had an underground tape, you had no idea who they were. Not like today where, you you know, you're basically, you know, invited to a 24-hour session of that person's lives on the Internet, which is just odd, you know. So, I mean. um, The branding is more prevalent. Yeah. How do you feel about music today? Um. Hey man, I I accept it, and I'm not I'm mm-hmm. not gonna act like an old head. And say, oh, it's all this all this all this music sucks. It's trash. Not like how it used to be. I mean, mm-hmm. I'm not jaded. You know, I take it for what it is. I listen to it. I I'm, I I listen to it with an open mind, and I can understand why people like specific types of music. And um, you know, some of it may not be my cup of tea. Other styles, you know, I can be into it. But um, yeah, I mean. Of course, it's not going to be like how it used to be. I mean, but yeah, it'll never be like it used to be. It's just a sign of the time. I'm actually the same way that you are. I pay attention to everything that comes out, you know, because I want to know. Yeah. And I'm very confused when I watch a Grammy award show where I know maybe three or four of the audience and I got to do my research and be like, who are these people? Right. But I mean, like the blueprint has changed as far as how, you know, you you come up. Um, It is now based all on, you know, social media, which is... uh, it's interesting to me, and people ask me all the time, like how, do, like how do you break now? What, what's the game? And I'm like, the game is the internet. Like, right. you, you familiar with Su- Supreme Patty? This kid's 21 years mm-hmm. old. He's a rapper who makes all his stuff on like you know SoundCloud stuff like that. He's got 6.5 million followers. He charges 3,500 dollars 
for a 24-hour story shout-out. So say, for instance, you, you know, we shot like a video of you spinning, you know? He's going to shoot that out for 24 hours for 3500 bucks. And within that day, you will probably assume 100,000 uh, followers. So that's something that I'm not even sure. I think the record companies are finally getting whim of that, you know, that right. you don't need the, you know, the um, the Kmart's no more. You don't need the Clovers or the Bradleys. Yeah. Remember Bradleys? <laughs> was it there a Bradleys in Conshohocken? I think so. Yeah, you no, know, there was a... Was that Bradley's? Bradley's is actually, and this is the crazy thing. You know where the McDonald's is on 202? Yeah. So there's a sign to that shopping center. That's where Bradley's was. The sign for Bradley's is in the back of the sign. No it's way. It's in the front of the sign. It's in the back of the sign. And my wife said, look, you recognize that sign? It took me back because the B was all like, look, I'm sci-fi. I'm all triangled out. I'm Bradley's. And like for the kids who listen to this podcast right now, Bob, what the hell are you talking about? There were so many department stores. There was this place called Ports of the World, okay? It had nothing to do with a port. It had nothing to do with the world, but I remember it well. Wait, is that, that still around? Ports of the World's gone, but the building <laughs> itself now is where my wife works uh, in Norristown. It's U.S. maintenance, but Ports of the World... Uh, it probably exists somewhere in the U.S., somewhere in some... Yeah, you know what? I gotta go. I, I, this is, once again, like we're, what, uh, 11 minutes in this podcast... I got to get this guy. I need somebody to sit here and just look up stuff. I've had two volunteers. I had one guy do it. He's, you know, in and out. But that's something we're going to have to get. You know what I mean? We need somebody to look that up. But yeah, man, Bradley's, Jesus Christ. And do you remember, like, what it was like going into, like, the record selection, like, part of these stores? It was a lot going on. Now, I mean, I went to Walmart. I couldn't even find the CDs, though. That's the part that bothers me, though. Right. Is that you can't find... Unless you go to FYE, and FYE looks like a, you know, like a pop culture flea market oh, the one gone wild. Mall, it looks like so trash. much shit in there, dude. You can't even walk. If it's there was a fire, you would die in the DVD section <laughs> because you couldn't get out. All the Funko toys and shit they got. Like, dude, right. you don't need that much. What's your inventory like? It's like a dollar store kind of. Oh, my right? God. Yeah, I, I used to work there when it was Sam Goody. And right. they still got the same stained, uh, you were in stained walls. And they didn't change much. But, um... I just hope that, that 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 doesn't go away. And with records, though, records uh, is with the urine stained walls. But to that too, as well. <laughs> you know, I I read that. Uh, well, I mean, the comic book store just closed too, which really I heard it about depressed that. me so bad. Right. You know, like it was just like I'm old. You know, I never really felt old until the comic book store that I bought all my books from since '86 or '87 folded up. Did they move somewhere? They moved to Montgomeryville, and they still mm-hmm. God bless them. They called. They emailed me yesterday, like, "Bob, we got your Detective Comics 1000." Uh, which one would you like? And I'm like, great, you know, but I can't get there too far. But yeah, um, back to that DJ tip real quick. What was your first gig? Uh, my f- we like real go- real gig first or like first you- like you know time you actually perform for people oh, man. that you remember, which okay. was like prevalent. I'll never forget this one. So this was back in my uh, I must have been like probably 16 or 17 years old. I mm-hmm. played. I played uh, at my friend's uh, basement. He had a party in his basement. Mm-hmm. And um, the DJ at the time, do you remember, you know, Keith DiGiovanni? Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. KD. So um, he was actually using my records for this event, for the event, for this party. And um, he's like, yeah, let's see, I just wonder if I can borrow your records for this party. I'm like, yeah, sure. So he was using my records. Yeah. I got there later on in the night because he had already been playing. He was tearing it up. And I asked him, like, can I, can I get on? So, um, and you know, granted, I never played out in public ever. So this is the first time mm-hmm. ever that I've been playing out. So I, uh, so he got off by throwing a record. And basically, I just let it run out and dead silence. And everyone is booed. What do you mean? Like, you let it run out? You let, you let the whole red side play? Yeah, because I just didn't know what to play next. Oh, man. <laughs> I, I, got, yeah. I got freaked out. I just didn't know what to play next. Yeah. I freaked mm-hmm. out. Um, so, uh, so yeah, so it, it, like the record just ran out. Everyone's like, boo, what the hell are you doing? Oh, blah, man. Blah. So Keith got back on and that, that was it. And I don't think I played out in public until probably five years later, I think. Did and, it affect um, you? Did you have, I, I, or you just, it wasn't your passion at that point yet. I was, uh. I mean, I think I was really more focused on being a bedroom DJ, not mm. really playing out, you know? Mm. That's good. Um, a lot of people don't do that. They're just like, all right, I'm going right out. Right. It was just a thing that, you know, that I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, at 
in the comfort of my own home, not really play out. But um, but fast forward to probably 1996, I uh, I went to this run record store in Philly called About the Beat. Um, it was I forget where it was. I think it was on Pine Street. Um, but yeah, anyway, so went in there and uh, had had uh, become friendly with the the, um, the the owner who worked there, Lauren, and I you know we. He he sold Jungle Records. I I go in there buy buy tunes and uh, the one time I went there, this uh this dude his name is Henry, you know talked to him. He noticed the records that I was buying and he was like uh asked me if I had a mixtape. I'm like uh I'm like yeah you know I, I got I have one. So I hooked him up. He uh he listened to it. He called me up and it's like hey you want to play uh at this uh club where we we were throwing out throwing a uh, a monthly. So I'm like, yeah, sure, let's do it. So uh, you know, I went there, spun. You got hooked. Went 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 really well. You know, I heard a lot of, got a lot of good feedback. So that was really the beginning of everything. Yeah, there's nothing quite that that first gig where you just know you did it good. You know, you nailed it. You, and it's like weird too, because it's like you, you can tell right when it's going on, not afterwards. Right. You know what I mean? Like the energy and. Um, you know, I, I had a couple of stances as a DJ, you know, here and there. And it's funny you say that thing about where you didn't, you don't know what to play next. The, I've had that happen to me uh, before as well. And it's uh, especially like, uh, I mean, if you have something like the needle fall off. Right. Or uh, in my case, uh, in Los Angeles, we were using two Sony uh, disc mans, which was a major pain in the ass. Because you had to press pause and get the next track going, press play. I remember one time, like, I just, I forget what I did exactly. I think I had the booth disc mans playing at the same time. Everyone started booing. <laughs> and I felt so, like, humiliated and just like, oh, my God, you know. Like, yeah, it feels ever, like shit. I am ever going to, like, do this again. And then, you know, I remember that. And I remember this one time. You remember that song Ray of Light by Madonna? Yeah. I spun that in this club in Manhattan Beach, and I remember just getting it right. It was like the perfect culmination of the song before and the song after, which I can't remember. But I remember her in the middle, and I remember people just being like, you know, fuck, here we go. And that's the best feeling, you know, like when you're a DJ, a disc jockey. I never really liked the word jockey. When I found out, I think I I was just thought DJ was the two letters that they gave these people to do their job. And then when I found out it was disc jockey, I was like, the jockey, it rides the horse? Yeah, it's kind of weird. Nah. <laughs> what would be a better word that starts with J? Uh, like, disc jack, disc... Uh, jerk. D- ooh, I got, disc jerk could be a little bit, you know. <laughs> people wouldn't want to come. I got it, though, ready? Disc joust. Like the video game, you remember joust? Like yeah. with the wings and shit, you jump on the eggs. Like, no wonder we aren't stable. You know? <laughs> Playing these games. I actually just found my Atari 7800 up in my mom's attic, and I was like, I'm taking it. A 7800. Nice. A uh, 7800, yeah. The step up. It had that prism type thing on it. Um, I was super excited. And then I, you know, I bring it home, and like, as soon as I walk in the door, that I realize none of these TVs are going to work with this one. So I got a new TV that's coming that will you know, adapt to that principle. But I was also thinking about you know, how weird it is that you know, we used to watch TV in square shapes, but now we're watching it in rectangles, and we're all cool with it. Mm-hmm. I remember yeah. that moment being like, I don't like this, right, but now I'm just right. used to it, you know? Even those TVs with the high uh, refresh rate, like, I can't get yeah. into that. It just so I think that I have that fun. on my TV, yeah. but I can't see it no more because I'm so used to it, I guess. Yeah. And, like, I've had yeah. guests come over, and, like, they're like, I feel nauseous. I can't watch this. Right. What's going on with these because people? Because you're so used to seeing it. Like, yeah. yeah, and it's weird, too. I mean, like, I remember... Uh, because this director guy, Tom Cruise, actually did make a video with his director for that latest Mission Impossible film. I was like, you need to switch this off. What's that mode called? Where you're, it's live, like it looks like you're right there with them. I, whatever that is, like on the TV. It's just weird that we have these options. Because mm. for Christ's sake, back in the day with VHF and UHF, you didn't care what that picture looked like at all. You know, right. you didn't care. It's simple. Yeah, because that, that's what you had to work with. So that's what I do. I, like, my new job now, I work in the I work at oldies.com over mm-hmm. here on the bridge. I work yeah. in the public domain. I watch lots of old f- movies, old TV shows. Man, back in the day, you couldn't see shit on TV. Shit. Right. You couldn't yeah. see their face. It was a blurry mess. So take it for, you know, don't take it for granted that you've got the best technology out there to display. You know, I mean, 
I it, it's uh it's a shame how how fast everything has to be now too. You know, yeah. people just don't do this even sit down and talk no more. Right, you just gotta unplug. Text slow me. Down. Text me. Don't call, call me. What's up with that? By right, the way? right. The enragement factor when someone calls you. Why is this motherfucker calling me right now? Why is he on and, the and phone? And it's so shitty. It's like, why do you? Ha- why do we have to act like that? It's because we're, it's not yeah. part of our routine anymore. Part of our routine Mm-mm. is going on our phone and texting people, replying to mm-hmm. messages through all our social media outlets. I try. I try to like let go of it as much as I can. You know, um, on weekends I try to uh, abstain from it most of the, most of my Saturday. You know. And then I paid the, you know, the cost later. Why don't you text me back? Right. The fuck you mean when I text you back? I'm living my life. I'm playing with my son out back. You need an answer about this right now? I'm not suffering from FOMO. Yeah. (laughs) But yeah, man, it is a crazy world that we live in. You know I mean? Like, and music is definitely one thing that can help people get by, you know, the right way. Right. I saw, uh, you know, I mean, I guess certain people have different vices, you know, and I'm always uh, influenced by people who are turned on first by music, you know. Um, I've I've met music collectors. I've met people who love going to concerts, you know. There's so many different versions of it, but they're not really identified so much, you know what I mean? Right. It's just this one broad audience, you know. Mm-hmm. But um, when the jungle music start going straight for you, you know, like you, I remember, I think the first time I saw you spin, actually, we should probably talk about that was at a house party. I remember Jimmy Shin was there. Remember Jimmy Shin? Mm-hmm. Yeah. He just sent me a friend request uh, recently. I hadn't thought of him in years. I hope he's well. Yeah, but he's I doing think well. He, I've he, seen him recently. He, where's he at now? Uh, where does he live? He lives in uh, Elkins Park or Sheltonham. Oh, he's not too far from here. Yeah, not too far. Yeah, but I think Ian invited, like, you know, Drew and I. And, right. you know, uh, you're friends with Ian. You guys are just a little bit older than us. Yeah. Um, and I remember thinking, oh, man, we're going to the big kids party tonight. I got to look cool, man. I can't fuck up. Did I wear the right Jenko jeans? <laughs> Do I have the Nautica vest or the Tommy Hilliger vest? He, he took the word. Like, literally, I had a Nautica vest that was the fleece that I would zip all the way up. It'd go to my neck. had the end on the side. And I also had the Nautica cologne. That's cool. You had the Nautica, though. Nautica was better you ever than Tommy Hilfiger. Tommy Hilfiger. Were you Tommy or were you Nautica? I was I was rocking a lot of Nautica, I think. Nautica and Pool Sport. How did how did that become like not as cool? It's still out there, right? They still got Nautica. It's still the there. Point. You can you can still buy a Nautica vest. They must have they must have made so much money in the mid nineties, all them ravers, you know, hot as hell in the club, but they're wearing <laughs> the hat sideways with the big baggy ass jeans. Right. It was expensive too. Expensive as hell to look that way. You know, I don't remember much about shoes being, like, I remember, like, Adidas, but I, I don't remember, like, I guess it was because you couldn't see the shoes because the jeans were covering them. <laughs> no, people, people what, were definitely what was into the style? sneakers. I mean, what was the style, though? I don't know, maybe, like, 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 like Nike trainers or... Right? You know, something but na- that... But now, like, everybody... Like, running shoes, yeah. right? Yeah. Because you, you need, the, need the, the appropriate sneaker to dance all night. Yeah, you can't be wearing no flat, you know, like, Vans. Right. You're going to get shin splints. <laughs> But you're probably not going to realize that because you probably just did, you know, some drugs in the bathroom or something <laughs> yeah. like that. And like, it, 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 I remember one time seeing somebody go into a K hole at uh, Crush. Remember Crush, uh, right across from the Electric Factory. What was, what was the name of that club? Across from the Electric Factory. Right across from the Electric Factory, uh, Candy Crush. I can't. No, that's a game. What shampoo? Shampoo. That's okay. it. But the the party was called Crush at Crush Club yeah. Shampoo. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Uh, is that place still happening? Is they still no shampoo. I think it's their biz- I think they're business buildings right now. That that place, man. I saw I some. I saw some crazy stuff up in there, man. I shouldn't have been in there too, oh, man. That place I was like, is awesome. I was fifteen years old up in this thing. You know what I mean? Like wow. I was a young boy. You know what wow. I mean? Like fifty. Tell my parents I'm going over Drew's house for the night, and we're riding down in his Volkswagen. <laughs> you know. Um, shampoo was awesome it was great man I saw a lot of great DJs there too and like mm-hmm. the thing that was cool was like you, you were close enough that you could you could observe you well know? they had that velvet room downstairs exactly where they had the DJ like right near the stairs so exactly like, yeah easy accessible you could Couldn't see you, wa- you could walk right down and it, yeah you, if you, you walked yeah. down the steps they'd be right to your left yeah if, man. You went, if you kept them going straight there was that um that middle room where they would have the which was basically the jungle room it was, it's a long narrow room mm-hmm how do you how do you feel about uh, all these uh, like the Trocadero closing, the Electric Factory getting renamed? 
Um, it's a damn shame. I mean, I'm, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to miss it. Uh, I mean, I haven't been to the truck in, in years, but yeah. I mean, it's just, I know things change, yeah. things change and places go away and become new things. And they do just, go away. It's sad, you know, yeah. but at the same time, I remember seeing like a lot of people, like when the truck was closing, like being real, you know, emotional on Facebook. And I, you know, I, I, I think I played there, um, twice maybe three times if i recall correctly every single time bad experience oh really you're too far away from the audience man yeah. you're way up on that stage everyone's so deep and then like the dressing rooms look like uh they like bungalows that are like shabby with like stains on the floor uh and we, we would play for this guy you know if he's still operable right now i'm sorry that i'm gonna call you out but praying menace entertainment how would you make these kids pay to play on sundays like putting a show on at two o'clock in the afternoon. Who the hell is gonna come see a band play at three? Nobody. You know? You're just reeking, you know? So I hope that you don't find another venue and I hope you stop doing that to young bands. <laughs> you know? I always thought being a DJ too was a lot easier being in a band, you know? Yeah. You were also in the band as a DJ, right? Yeah, I was uh I was in Robo Casino. That was for yeah. with Seb, probably right? th- like three years. Yeah, with Sib, yeah. Sib was also in uh, Spanish Blue. Spanish Blue, right. Remember how big that band was, man? Yeah. Like, they had, like, 15 members in there. They were yeah. Arcade Fire before the Arcade Fire was Arcade <laughs> Fire. Yeah, they were um, awesome. I remember they, uh, they invited us to their practice spot once. It was um, in a carpet factory in Maniunk. I thought that was pretty cool. Mm-hmm. But I'm happy that you're still doing your thing. And, like, what's going on now with, like, the Jungle Room and stuff like that? Tell everybody what's going on, like, what you've been up to, like, you know, with social media, the shakedown, et cetera. So, uh, yeah, so we're basically uh, doing these parties. Uh, it started started last year. Uh, it's called a Jungle Room. Uh, basically uh, play a lot of uh, old school jungle and some newer jungle that's been probably uh, – that's been producing within the past five years. So there are, there are producers out there that are making old school jungle. So we are using old techniques, using old samples. And this is at the Barbary, right? Uh, well, yeah, this, this party is at the Barbary, the one coming up in April. Um, the last, the, the last one we did was at the Kyber. Um, you've been to the Kyber before, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, those pictures look great. Everybody seems like they're like the energy in that room is really popping off. Uh, I was, it, it was awesome. Like I, I was, I was really like wanting to do a, uh, a jungle party, an old school jungle party, but I just didn't know when, where, how I was gonna do it. But I don't know. the The jungle gods spoke to me and it's told good. me, "Art, it's good. you need to do this now." It's so. fun to organize shows, right? I mean, like, did, like, did you have any part in this one right here? I know you did the last one, right? Oh, yeah, for this one, yeah. So basically this one, um, uh, William from The Shakedown, he reached out to us. And, um, you know, he's like, hey, you know, me and Rod Payne were thinking about possibly having you guys do a uh, old, old school jungle night upstairs at The Shakedown. Like, what do you guys think? I'm like, yeah, this is awesome. Because, you know, back in the day, back in, in the late 90s, the late 90s, uh, they used to have this uh, uh, the, this this night called Yo Man at Club 1415. Oh, my God, yeah. Where they had jungle upstairs and they had oh my house God, downstairs. I, there. I have not thought of that art in right. 20 years. Really? Yeah. That place looked like, uh, it, it almost looked like a Saturday Night Fever type vibe, right? Didn't it have like a glass, like, the, the walls were mirrors? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah I remember. Mirrors, I think it was. They had like checkerboard. Everybody check, looking at each other, floor. dancing and looking at themselves <laughs> in the mirror. Yep. Uh huh. <laughs> then upstairs was the, oh, the you jungle hear that? room. Uh-oh. Sounds like the helicopter's like right over our studio here. Looking for us. This is the second time that's happened. Oh, really? They know. Shit. They know what's going on here on the Bobcast. I think this is like 183 episodes now. Oh, wow. Yeah. Nice. Um, but yeah, yo, man, dude. God, I haven't thought of that. I, like, yeah. blocked, I, I think I'm going to block that out with like. Some sort of like hippie movement. It sounds like a like a yo man festival. You know what I mean? It's probably blurry times, man. Blurry exactly, times for man. me. It's it's weird for me because it's like they definitely are like right over us. Huh. I wonder what's happening. I can remember more about the '90s and like early thousands than I can like last week. I got dad brain sometimes where I'm just like, what? <laughs> Between 2000, 
to 2010, actually between uh, 96 to 2010, it was a blur. Yeah, it's hard, right? It's scary. When you become a dad, dude, it's hard as shit to remember certain stuff. You remember stuff for them, mm-hmm. but you remember, like, you forget to do certain stuff for yourself, you know? You know what I like? I, th- I feel like since my daughter was born, so it's been like four and a half years, it's felt like four and a half years, which I like. Yeah. Time is not going fast for me. Other people are like, oh, yeah, time goes so fast. It'll be like teenagers before you know it. But I mean, right now, it's felt like four and a half years. So that's a good thing. Yeah. You want time to slow down with your kids. You you know what I mean? Like, I don't understand like dads that are like uh, absentee, man, and they know about it. It it drives me nuts, man. (sighs) Yeah. That's unfortunate. Everyone's got their own story. Yeah. I don't want to judge, but, you know. You got to do it for the kids, though, you know? Yeah. It's all about like showing them the right way. Sure. Speaking of which, uh, since last week here on the Bobcast, as the helicopter closes in deep <laughs> on this political conversation, <laughs> Trump got cleared on all charges. I've been talking about Trump maybe for 40 episodes here about, you know, what he does in the media. Yeah. And it comes out that, nope, he didn't do anything. He's good to go. Like, how did you feel about that? I don't know. I uh, I want. <laughs> it's like I'm almost positive he had something to do with it that there was collusion. Like, do you think that like he called up Mueller and he was like, "Yo, is there any way we could team up on this?" <laughs> because he's got the money, he's got the means. I, I, I've been on the Bobcast. I've been saying that you know everyone's like, "Okay, he's so bad, he's so bad." I have been saying that yes, he is bad, but he's going to continue to be bad because he's untouchable. Look what he just did. Like, you know what I mean? Like, he's going to be in for another four years. God knows what he's going to do. Oh, the middle of the country's mad. Helicopters in the sky. I don't know. I but mean, that, but they, they said the uh, the actual report was 300 pages. Yeah, it's 300 pages. So there's got to be more to be said. Well, I mean, he's still under something. investigation by the FBI as well, I think. I, think, I don't know. That's, that's Jesse Smollett. I'm sorry. I'm mixing up the stories. <laughs> He's still being investigated, but he's been cleared of charges. See, this is the world we live in. That's crazy. And this is why I record the podcast, because, like, maybe in 20 years I want to look back, hear myself talk about this, what's going on in the world. Time capsule. Exactly. So, like, this guy, Jesse, man, how did he get off? I have no idea. How did he do that? I, I, I don't know. I mean... They're like, all right, we're dropping all the charges. He didn't do anything. Uh, we'll see you. And then he leaves, and then the next thing you know, he's on Fox on a commercial for Empire. He's back on the show that they were saying they were oh, going to so drop. Oh, he's back it. on the show. So originally he was going to be on the show, uh, not just a little bit in the last like three episodes of the season. He'd be out. Mm-hmm. But then they decided, no, 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 we're going to put him in the promo for next week's show. Wow! And he was there. Wow! See how like you know what I'm saying like it's like entertainment and politics now are merging. He got. I really believe. I wonder that. if he's getting paid more now. Maybe. I don't know. He's in L.A. right now because he's nominated for a NAACP award. So, I mean, like, he's up in there. But I don't know what's going to happen. Wow. That's crazy. It's weird, right? I mean, like, that's – it's a far cry from the world of Bradley's and ports <laughs> of the world. You know what I mean? You, you know what I want to ask you? You're a comic book fan. Yeah. We share that for a while, you mm-hmm. know, the love of these books. Do you ever read uh, Doom Patrol or see the show? I know about the show. My friend Ian has been telling me to watch it, but I never do. Oh, it's good. Um, Ian Reid's watching or a different no, Ian? No, another, another Ian. Yeah, Ian it's a good uh, show. Yeah. Yeah. It's definitely cool. I know uh, the funny thing about this is this is not the first time I've had you on the Bobcast. Once we recorded a podcast in Frank Lewinko's garage and I lost it. Oh, Com- God. Like, I deleted it. Like, I don't even remember. I remember that we sat down. We sat down for like remember. an hour. And I didn't save the voice memo correctly in my iPhone. Oh, and it really? never aired. Yeah, there's so much material. And on the show, I remember we talked about <laughs> comics. You talked about uh, your favorite books. And um, I think you were talking like Saga. Yeah. Still reading it, right? Still reading Saga, but they're on a, on a hiatus. I know. So, talk up, so like, what's the books you're on right now then? What are you, what are you reading about? Uh, so right now I'm reading East of West. And that's about to end. I think they're about to start. I think that's about to. What's that book all about? Oh, man, that that's, that's a complex one. That's a Jonathan Hickman, Hickman oh, yeah. comic. It's just. It's what kind just of really what kind of comic? Like okay, so like, the order I get, the more my taste in comics change, right? Yeah. 
What type of story do you like to be told? Like, what's your favorite type of genre? I like, I like crime noir. Like, uh, oh, okay, yeah. What's that book you told me about? Actually, I did pick it up. The uh, Black Monday Murders. Black Monday Murders. Yeah, that has to do with uh, the stock market crash. Awesome layout. And, I and, love the uh, layout in that. Right, and the uh, and how the financial system is connected to the cult. Yeah, that's crazy, and it happens during the stock market crash, right? Right, right. Yeah, it's a wild book. I think I picked up three of those. And then Plymouth. It's deep. It. Yeah. It's really deep, just like East East of uh East of West. Um that's another deep one. But uh what else am I reading? I'm reading Deadly Cla- Deadly Class. Oh yeah, that's good. Isn't that a sci fi uh show now? Yeah, they turned it into a sci fi show mm-hmm. in January and it translated perfectly. Like I'm in How many uh seasons? This is the first season. That's oh, the first, right? Yeah, yeah, I think so I had I think the first volume of the graphic novel where like she gets approached. It's very um one it meets like uh it's like x-men yeah but not superheroes mm-hmm. x-men meets battle royale yeah battle royale is great i love reading comics though man i'm glad i never went digital you know i still go buying the book you yeah know, keep same it here. you know like looking at it in your hands feeling the pages you know right but um the book that i i guess since the last time i saw you there's this book immortal hulk right mm-hmm. so the the just now is the hulk is not killable at night this is the hawk the dc hawk uh no marvel hawk green marvel. hawk oh okay. yeah it's great al ewing great writer um but yeah uh, the last independent book i guess that i read i mean i read uh plastic did you read plastic Mm-mm. that was all right see i don't i don't get into the um the superhero crime door let me books, think yeah. then so did you ever read 100 bullets yeah 100 bullets is really good yeah 100 bullets uh fatale anything by uh uh brew baker and Sean Phillips. Sean Phillips is great. Did he write Trees? I'm not sure. Who wrote Trees? See? Need a job. Phillips yeah, need is the, uh, he's an artist, right? And, um, yeah, Brubaker uh, wrote Criminal. Criminal's Vital, really good. Killer Be Killed. All those books are going to get picked up. You read Mark Millar, too, right? Hmm? Did you read uh, any Mark Millar? Mm-mm. Um, no. He's got, like, a deal with Netflix now. Mm-hmm. Where he's basically just selling all of his characters. And that's why they got rid of all those Marvel shows because they didn't want to pay no more. Because you got to pay like huge license fees. Right. You know? bet. If you could have any like a uh, sponsor, like get behind Art Cubic, the DJ, who, what would it be? A sponsor? That's a yeah. good question. What would you want to have rep you? Uh, God, I never even thought of that before. I don't know. It's a good one, right? I can go for, let me let me tell you what I would like to be uh, sponsored by uh, a sock company you know there's nothing more important than socks oh it, any any specific any company? brand any, any brand? company I want a sock company I want somebody to be like look Bob you're only gonna wear this pair of socks for today <laughs> and you're gonna have fresh socks for the rest of your life huh or maybe that helicopter that lurks in the distance helicopter company a helicopter company to what to fly you to and fro yeah. to go back to like the next dj gig <laughs> so what you got going on next you got something going on tonight right how you feeling about that tonight yeah we got going on oh yeah the um so yeah so so tonight um got a call with uh this attorney so we're setting up um uh, an estate trust um basically just in case anything happens to me and my wife, you know, we have a plan set in stone in terms of who's going to have my daughter, who's going to handle our finances. Um, it's deep stuff, you know, very deep, something that you don't really want to think about, but I feel like this is something that is smart to do and proactive. And I feel like everyone who has a family or who has a lot of money, I agree should um look into um yeah but you know it's 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 just really deep in terms of like thinking like who would be the people responsible for my daughter because god forbid if you don't have if we didn't have anything like this set up and we were to die and like a crash or something like that you know we don't want our daughter taken away from the state you know yeah we want to have that right you don't but yeah, I've never you never know what's going to happen. You man. never know what's going to happen, man. The main thing, the safety is definitely the kid, you know? Mm-hmm. What do you think is going to happen like uh, in the next life? Do you think there's a next life? 
Maybe. 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 Possibly. That's a good answer. That's the best answer I've had here on the Bobcast. Maybe. That sounds good (laughs) enough to me, man. I'm right there with you in the middle. I'm the hybrid with you. Maybe. I'm not really sure what's happening next, but maybe. We don't know what's going to happen. You know? I'm down for just the last second, man. Just give me one second. Just, you know, like, boom, you're right. It's true. Then you're just like, all right. I'm good. I'm relaxed. (laughs) Everybody I love is sitting right next to me. I can feel them. You really, you know, like be in the room with somebody and the lights go out, but you could feel where they're at. Mm -hmm. I think that's what heaven's like. Hmm. It's like you're just in the dark out there with them, but you know they're around you. Yeah, I'm I'm hoping I come back as uh, maybe a, a peaceful animal living in a peaceful environment where no one can nothing can hurt me. I think well, I see that'd be a great question right now. Hey, fella over here, Quasi. Short for Quasimodo. Look up the most safest animal in the world. <laughs> right? It's kind of let's think now. The most safest animal in the world. Sloth? Sloth, yeah, but he's still sl- slow. He's slow. He's not safe. He's slow. He's gonna get eaten. Someone's gonna get him. I mean, not even like I was gonna say birds, but birds, you know, they're always dying. Um, I guess no one's safe, and that's why we're all in the dark. But I'm bum bum. But yeah, man, I'm just uh. I'm always optimistic to like think what's out there, you know, and uh, collecting data from different people, trying to see like what is going on in their world. And I think the best way to do that actually is to like go to a public place and watch the way people interact with each other. You know, I don't get to do that as much anymore because I work in an office. So when I go and I observe people, I learn a lot about the world. You know what I mean? Yeah. Do you find that? Yeah, definitely. When I, you know, I'm out, I'm out DJing, you know, like yeah, just watching I mean, people. That's just, like I mean, what's, so like, what's the best emotion when you're just hitting it on the ones and twos? The best emotion is people just the surge reacting. It's yeah. like reacting, smiles, mm-hmm. dancing. Yeah, that's always the best feeling. You know, hooting, hollering. What was the best gig you ever had? <sighs> the best one. The best there ever was. I really liked the last one I did, though. The last That's part good. I did, yeah. You, you know, it, felt, it just felt I think really right good. Now you're four for four on all the questions here tonight. <laughs> you, you, that was a great answer because to anybody <laughs> who's listening, they're like, "Yeah," or like, and anybody's seen you before, he's like, "He's optimistic." <laughs> you know what I mean? The last show was the best show. I always liked uh, how like the bad, like if you like messed up at a show or something like that, that's the one memory that would, you know, it, once I learned as a, as a bass player to accept it and kind of live with it, you know, mm-hmm. I, I was able to accept myself more as a performer, you know, because it's like you got to do more than just uh, be up there, especially with being a DJ too, because it's like just you. Right. Did you ever feel like, think that the, the DJ profile would become what it is in like 2019 with people wearing like big ass mouse hats uh, you know what i mean like uh mice on stage and you got guys wearing like shopping bags on their head no i um i mean the i mean i don't know i didn't see it blowing up as big yeah as it did now i mean i figured that it would just kind of yeah keep a steady pace it really you know? did just come out of nowhere right i mean yeah like, like people like are gradual. cashing in on it you know what was the first DJ of that kind? Was it Daft Punk, I guess? Or maybe... Um, like EDM? Yeah, like, like EDM. Like when it's like, okay, the stage show's going off. Maybe, you know what I mean? You got maybe Dead Mouse? Which, who? Dead Mouse? Dead Mouse, yeah. I like that one song he has, Ladders. See, like, at the beginning of the whole EDM mm-hmm. phase, I wasn't part of that at all. I totally removed myself from the electronic music scene just mm-hmm. because I, you know, I went back to school, got my master's, I had a kid. I just didn't didn't have time for that. So I removed myself almost entirely from that uh, club scene until yeah. until recently. That's good. You're back. You did the right thing. Well, yeah, because I mean, because it like this music definitely fills a void in my life. 
mm-hmm. that uh, nothing else can can fill. Um, you know, I'm. You know, it, it, it's tough to try to find a creative outlet these days. You know, I mean, I, because I, you know, I, I, I used to be a painter, and um, you know, I just don't have any room in my in my house to set up a uh, a studio. What, what, what kind of paint? Uh no, like like you know, po- like pop art, very cool. very geometric uh, types of art. You mess around in, uh, Photoshop at all? Oh God, I mean. <laughs> I'm better using uh, fireworks, Adobe Fireworks, oh, which yeah, is like yeah. totally like old school. Like yeah, I know that. Though. It's, it's kind of like Illustrator. Look, I used to uh, until recently, I used to use GarageBand all the time to do the podcast. I use Audition now with these mics, but like GarageBand, I use for the longest time. If yeah. you want to do a podcast, if you want to be a DJ, you don't need you know whatever works for you, man. Whatever works. Yeah, it doesn't have to be the most you. expensive thing out there, it doesn't. too, man. You know, right? It doesn't. Like you could just start from scratch, and you know, don't don't like, you know, oh, I'd like to do that. Well, just do it. You know. Yeah. I mean, that's always the best. Is like I think that's like what the real American dream is. I can do anything. Let me yeah. at least give it a shot. Right. You know. Right. Not this bullshit you see in the news. We all should have the right to live happily. Mm-hmm. But um, I know what you mean as far as. Uh, that void I haven't felt the void like I feel the void now because I haven't performed since August so it's like but you have your podcast I, yeah, exactly this void? is this is like a this is a really good void filler you know mm-hmm. it feels um you know weekly I do it I try to get as many different types of people in here as possible share their stories so that feels really good but there's nothing quite like being in front of a crowd that's you know yeah yeah um yeah just like feeling it and uh you know I I, I miss it but I like like you like being with my my son, you know. Like uh, it's a much better fit because you know being on the weekends, going out, just I couldn't do it no more. Yeah. But one day I'd like to return because like you know. You should. I will. Yeah. I'm doing it. I, you know, I I believe I will. There's not a doubt in my mind. Yeah. It's just that. Uh, when the time is right. Yeah, when it's right, because the it does feel good to do that, man. To like make your mark on society. Right. Even if it's just for a Friday night in Philadelphia. <laughs> you know what I mean? Shit, man. April the 13th, worship recording. Yeah, April 13th at the Barbary. We'll be Shake playing down. upstairs. Old school jungle. A little What's bit of new stuff. Um, Yeah, it'll be good times, man. The guy's name's Joey Breakdown. Joey Breakdown. I love that name, dude. <laughs> I, saw, I, I, read, I wrote Joey on top of Breakdown. So I just said, Joey. I was like, that can't be right. And then I thought, is that Jossie? No, it's <laughs> Joey breakdown. breakdown. But yo, Jossie Breakdown sounds hot. I'm going to call him that for now. Yo, what's up, Jossie Breakdown? <laughs> what, you got 1.5 million followers on Instagram? <laughs> hey, Jossie. That's not a bad name, okay? If you're out there searching for a boy, hell, it could be a boy and a girl's name. Just call him Chachi. <laughs> it's funny because my daughter's name is Josie. That's a Josie, great name. Jossie. Jossie. <laughs> Look, man, uh, I really appreciate you coming here in such style tonight, you know, visited me here in the lounge. I've yeah. always said that, you know, if I'm going to, you know, if I need a DJ for his service, it's got to it's got to be art. Yeah. You know, right, and I hope man. to ho- still do things in the future with you, yeah, get him sure. down. And I really hope that things work well for you tonight. Thank you. You know, it's a tough thing. Think about it. Yeah. And make me think about it, too. I'll talk to my wife about it, to be honest. So I thank you for that. Life moves. It does. Please do me a favor. Put out another let me let it let me ride podcast. Oh yeah. <laughs> I've been waiting for that email for almost ten years now. But I make your personal mix. I appreciate it. My name's Bob, and this has been another episode of Bobcast. Yeah. So um, so the name Art Cubic. So that came from I I made that up back in the mid nineties, and uh, basically. I felt that drum and bass was, and I still think it is, is a geometrically sounding type of music, and that all tracks fit in together when you mix them together in a way where they're like a, they're like puzzle pieces. So um, I kind of took that and was like, oh, geometry, cubes, cubic, ah, oh, cubic. Let me call myself cubic. No, art cubic. <laughs> so, uh, and it definitely sounds very Star Wars like, <laughs> like, like uh, some old some old Jedi named Art Cubic. 
Oh, Art Cubic. I never heard. I haven't heard that name in a long time. And hence the origin of Art Venega, as he became <laughs> Art Cubic in the world of DJs, monsters, and other cretins of the world. Join us on a fantasy epic, April the 13th. <laughs>